Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for um, another time, Lord, to sing and rejoice before you, to declare your glory and your goodness, and Lord, to, to hear your word. And so, Father, I, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, open our hearts to hear yet again things that we've, uh, we've had before our eyes before, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Well, I thought, you know, since we hadn't talked enough about sin, we would just keep on talking about sin. <laughs> I remember, I don't know, it's been how many months ago, Bill gave a message about sin. Uh, I, I remember that basically that sin is utterly sinful in the sinfulness of sin. Was that the 10-point message? I don't remember. Yeah. But anyway... um the sinfulness of sin, if you break that word apart, um, full means having, having sin. And, and ness means the state or quality of being in that place, um, which we find ourselves more often than we'd like. And so um, it is something that, um, I don't know, a lot of times we just get uncomfortable hearing messages about sin. <laughs> And then other times we just slough it off because, you know, well, you know, I, I, I've kind of arrived. I'm not that, I'm not the person I used to be. And then, of course, you know, Roger talked about the characteristics of sin last Sunday, which, um, really helps us see the sinfulness of sin. Um, you know, I, I just remember Lots of times talking about this particular subject and why is, why is sin such an affront to God? Why in the world is it something that, uh, so rattles his cage, you know? Um, it really reflects indifference to actually who he is, um, and, um, outright rebellion to his ways of living. He's given us his ways and yet we, oftentimes run over or transgress those ways. Um, he and he alone has the ability to keep um, his goodness in tension, the goodness between justice and love and mercy. Uh, he keeps in perfect tension uh, with nations, with communities, and with individuals. Um, so, you know, I was thinking about this this week. Um, it's interesting because it's the very last ver verse in my message that got me back to this place. And I was thinking, how in the world did I get here from this verse in the New Testament that we're going to end with? But I did. And so we're going to just continue to, to look at um, Psalm 32 today. But before we do, I just wanted to talk a little bit about um, the heart. Because that's what God's after. Um, he's after the heart. Um, if, if you think about it, um, you know, the Bible tells us that from the heart, guard your heart, because from it flow the issues of life. Um, and an issue, if you don't know what issue means, it's, it's um, an important topic or a problem. 
So I would say that sin is uh, an important topic to God, and it is a problem. It is a problem we have with our hearts. Um, you know, God says to love him with all our what? First. First. The very first thing is heart. But you know, and if he, if he gets the heart, all the other things will eventually follow. Um, sometimes we come at it from the other direction, but that's what he's after. He's after the heart. And today I just, you know, I just really want, um, him to speak to our hearts as we as we talk about this particular message. I know that um, I think in Cross Crossway, don't you guys learn the like the Roman Road scriptures, or you used to at some point? Yeah. Well, the last one, Romans ten nine. Uh, what does it say? It says, "The word is near you and in your mouth and in your head, heart." I, I looked this verse up because I just wanted to, to, to see it again. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus says Lord, and believe in your head, believe in your heart. It's the heart. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved for with the... the wow, you got it right. It's with the heart a person believes that results in righteousness and with the mouth that he confesses resulting in salvation. And, you know, if you can't hold on to that, the next verse says, those that believe in him will not be disappointed, will not be put to shame, I think some of the scriptures say. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today but because sin is one thing, um, but... It produces guilt and it produces shame. So what I really want to look at are those particular topics a little bit. Because um, we are prone to be wayward and we're prone to wander. Um, you know, even as long as, long as you, many of us have walked with the Lord, um, maybe you've got the, maybe you've got the carcass part where you can control it, but it's, it's the mind. It's the mind, it seems like, is the hardest thing for God to sanctify. Um, and so, you know, as much as we deny it, um, we still sin. Um, as much as we think it's under control, it kind of blows out at times. And you're like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I thought that. I thought I had that under control. And, and you know, we don't. We, we think we've mastered it, but, um, I just want to talk about this subject because it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Um, and yet oftentimes we walk with some sense of guilt about something. We walk, you know, with shame about things. Maybe not huge shame, but Shame. And, um, I think when we look at this Psalm 32, if we really believe it, it is the pathway for us to get rid of all that stuff. 
And so today, you know, my my heart is that it won't be a mental exercise. Okay, we can now we know the characteristics of sin. A, B, C, D. You know, but what? How does it affect our heart? That's where I, where I really hope we can get today. Um, you know, Paul didn't mind writing it down in in a book that's been read by millions. I'm the chiefest of sinners. Why could he do that? Because Christ had been, in the song we just sang, Christ was his hiding place. So he could say things like that and, and know that he was covered by the, by Christ's blood. So, we have these times when maybe we're by ourselves or something happens and, and it brings to mind some nagging guilt or thing we're ashamed of, how, how do we get rid of that? Um, well, normally we would ask Pat to sit down with us for five or six hours and work through that, but we're not going to do that this morning. We're going to just at least look at it and see why we can run to God in sweet surrender, as that song says. So I'm going to, let's read Psalm 32 together. Um, your translation might be different from mine, but uh, just follow along if you have it there. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against him. Boy, doesn't that... That's that's being blessed, isn't it? That's blessed when your sins aren't held against you. And in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the summer heat. So the Bible says we should stop and think about that. So I could, I thought, well, why don't I just read it three times? Maybe they'll get the point. <laughs> but it says, let us stop and meditate on that. Um, and so if you don't, if you don't be truthful with yourself, there's something that weighs me down. You know, every time I get alone or quiet or whatever, um, this thing keeps coming up. God quit reminding me of this thing. <laughs> but then it goes on. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave my sin. You forgave. No, mine says this, and I love this the way it's phrased. You forgave the guilt of my sin. Now, he forgives the sin, but it's the guilt that we carry sometimes. Yeah, Lord, I know you forgave me, but I still feel really bad. I'm still ashamed, but he forgives that. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble 
and surround me with songs of deliverance. Some some uh, translations say songs of victory. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous, seeing all you who are upright in heart. You know, Roger made this statement. It wasn't one of his points last um, week. He said, sin makes you stupid. I don't know if any of y'all remember that. Well, write this one down. Sin makes you guilty. And that's of greater concern. God loves stupid people. But God will work on anybody that's, that is his own, that's been called his own, to get rid of that guilt. One way or another, we just finished in, in BSF, uh, the, the book of Hosea. And, you know, it's one of the comments in there was, God will do whatever it takes to draw you back to him. He's more concerned about that than he is your comfort. And that is like, wow, thank you, Lord, that, oh, we, let's don't go there because I know that might be uncomfortable. No, he's going to go there because he cares so much about having that fellowship with you restored um, that he's going to do whatever it takes, ever how long it takes. Uh, and I think when we begin to understand that about his heart, um, it makes us a lot more uh, willing and eager uh, and quicker to um, confess sins. So um, Isaiah says this. I'm sure you remember the scripture. Isaiah tells us this about God, that his thoughts are not our thoughts, neither are our ways his ways. Now, do you think he wants it to be that way? The things that he's revealed, I think Bill just said something about the things being revealed. The things he has revealed, he wants our lives to align with that. He wants his thoughts and our thoughts to be the same. He wants our ways and his ways to be the same for those things that he's revealed to us as good and proper and right. Um, and because in that place, in his goodness, in his discipline, and in his correction, um, and his guidance, he wants to move us into a life that reflects that. It reflects that about who he is. Um, because he wants us to have this peaceable fruit of righteousness, this peaceable fruit of having a right relationship with him, of being rightly related uh, in in our deeds and in our thoughts with him. Um, and Jesus has dealt with this. He went to the cross. He died, he rose again as affirmation that what he had done was 
pleasing in God's sight for restoring his children to him. Um, I go back to verse 3 and 4 in this whole thing. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away, though my groaning all day long. For night and day, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Um, I don't know about you, but I've had seasons in my life where I've done something wrong. I know I've done it wrong, done something wrong. I am either hiding it. I'm not confessing. I'm hiding it. I'm rationalizing it away because of the circumstances. Um, and those things tend to stick with you until God just is like, remember, remember that thing? We haven't dealt with that yet. You know, and you go a couple of weeks later. I think I'll have a quiet time with God. Remember that thing? Remember that thing that we need to talk about? Um, and his hand gets kind of heavier and heavier, uh, and the guilt and the shame become more and more magnified in your own self. Oh, nobody else knows about it, but I know about it, you know, um, until you decide, okay, I need to deal with this before the Lord. And what's interesting is when you do, um, let me get over to this page. This, this translation, uh, in the NLT, I like this translation because it says, um, finally I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And I like what this one, this ends with an explanation mark in the NLT. It says, and you forgave me. Like, well, he really did. So it's surprising gratefulness all mixed together because we don't really believe God sometimes in the depths of our heart about some of these things. Why would we keep Hiding and not dealing with something in our life. When we know he'll forgive us. We're his children. Why do I want to do that? Am I so ashamed that I don't think God knows about it? Or that he really is going to be angry with me forever about this? Think about your own life. You know, I don't know about you, but when my kids would come and confess something, you know, I was quick to forgive just because, hey, they're being honest. They're being truthful. What a, what a joy and a delight, you know, that they would come. And I think God is very much the same way. It's like, come, you know, even things that you don't know about, um, when they come, it's like you know something's going on in their heart, and they're they've been hiding something from you, and they kind of wonder, um, wow, this thing there's there's this area over here that we can't go and talk about. I'm not going to talk about that with you, God. That's a that's an area that that door is closed in this part of my heart, and it's like, okay. If you confess it, if you say, I want to deal with this, it's like, 
He loves me. He loves me anyway because he loves you and not the sin. We say that about other people, you know. Oh, those people out there, you know, love, love the, love the sinner, but hate the sin. But that don't, that don't, that doesn't work for us, does it? We, we can, we can just hide it sometimes. Um, you know, I really was trying to think, Lord, is there an example, something simple that could, that I could share about that? I remember when my mother passed away, I was down in Alabama. I got a text. No, I got a phone call. We were in the middle of an appraisal in a room with five other people. I stepped out of the room to take the call for my brother to tell me mom had passed away. So I went in. They they were so gracious. They go get on the phone, find out when you can fly home. So you know, a, a few days later, we have the we get there. I'm pretty much planning the the funeral program and everything. And I said, Dad, what was what was one of Mom's favorite songs? He said, It is well with my soul. I said, Okay. And so I was putting this program together. And I thought, oh, we're going to speak. There are a lot of people going to be there. I want to at least have that song about uh, he's taking me to higher ground. And so I didn't, I didn't put that song on the program, but I made sure that it was played, you know, while they're waiting for the family to come in. Now, my dad, my dad was a really silent kind of guy. You know, he didn't say much, but after. After uh, the whole thing was over with, a few days later, he just said, she wanted that song, so I'm going to do it. And I said, and I, I turned to Dad, I said, Dad, we played that before the family came in. I did put it in there. So I was kind of rationalizing that I had it included, Dad. He just didn't hear it. And it was like, you know, I thought about it, I thought, you know, I didn't honor, first I didn't honor my mom, I didn't honor my dad. It wasn't necessarily a sin, but the thing I did didn't honor dad. And that's what we do with God, you know. It may be a, just a little stuff, like a peccadillo, which we call these little sins, the sins that really don't matter too much. Until you've been walking with God for 20, 30, 40 years, it's like, then they matter because he's kind of got you dealt with all those bigger things that he's working on. But it's like, um, it's like when you get, when you get saved, it's like, says, God doesn't say, we're going to work on the first 150 things that we need to get removed out of your life. He says, he basically is taking this three tooth comb and kind of beginning to just, sanctify you but if you keep walking with god that stupid comb has more more places in it and things that he didn't bother to say to you now it's a deal and you realize wow that's not honoring to father i'm not honoring dad or father god when i think that thought even if it's just something fleeting and You've, you know, we try and we try, but we've got these, we've got these tracks in our brain that, you know, they've just got to be filled in by the Word of God. Filled in by the Word of God because we need to be transformed. And that's the thing that does it, is the Word of God. 
so that we think in a way that aligns, you know, what what he's trying to do. There's a way more graphic picture in Hosea, and um, ladies, don't take this the wrong way, but he's he speaks something about Gomer, who is now a prostitute, is, is unfaithful. Uh, that's one of the things that God most seems to often describe waywardness and unfaithfulness is 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 in adultery uh when you when you really turned away and and I know in in this room we're we're not in that place but um the scripture goes like this tell her um to remove the prostitute makeup from her face in other words it's a covering it's covering up who she who she is or she wants to look better than she is you know and the clothing that exposes her breast otherwise I will strip her as naked as the day she was born. Uh, I mean, that's serious. And, and it's probably an overstatement for where we are in our walk today, but it's like God will expose, you know, and he does that sometimes not to the world, but it's this heavy hand that keeps reminding you, you haven't dealt with this thing. And, and what he means by that is you haven't confessed it. Um, I was telling Bill this morning, I, I was listening to a, 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 a video about uh, repentance. And repentance in the, in the Jewish mind has these four steps. The very last step is confession, which means it has to be spoken out. Say what it is. Don't say I've sinned or, you know, I've made a mistake or it was a boo-boo, whatever word you want to use. Name the sin. God wants to hear that transaction between us. Father, I have done so and so. And if we listen, he's going to say, I forgive you. That's covered. My son covered that. Um, you know, and then it goes, you know, it's what we sung this morning, the thing that Bill picked this song out just because of what we were going to talk about today. It says, you are my hiding place. Well, is he? Is he really? Do you really believe he is? You know, the very first verse says, blessed is the the one whose sins are covered. So do you believe it's covered or not? You know, David goes on later and says he's going to confess it. And then it says, you are my hiding place. I realize you are my hiding place. Um, and so I think that releases that guilt. It releases that shame um, that we have held on to. Um, we find ways to to mask it. You know, we just, maybe we just go on a spending binge. We, 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 we do whatever it takes to distract us from it. We blame other people. Um, those are some of the ways that we cope with those things. Um, and so I, that's the main thing that I want to get across in this message. If you look at the last verse, if you walk through that, if you're willing to really believe in your heart that God through Christ is your hiding place and he has covered all your sins, 
then you are able to do this last verse, which is rejoice and sing for joy to the Lord. Um, so that's the old song, and that's the one that will endure forever. But there's a there's a song that has been written that kind of um, rephrases Psalm 32. I'm going to read the words to it, and then Bill uh, is going to play that song for you to either think about, pray, whatever you want to do. But it's the, the psalm is sung by a group called Forever Be Sure. Love that name, Forever Be Sure. It goes like this. Blessed are they whose sins have been forgiven. Nothing more to hide. Purged and purified. Blessed are they whose crushing guilt has lifted. Standing justified. Blameless in his eyes. None could be more blessed than they. Whose sin the Lord has washed away who rest within his favor in the mercy of the Savior. Heavy is his hand upon the shoulders of the silent ones, hiding sin from God. Yet when they cast off the secret cover, every sin confessed, grief gives way to rest. Quickly come and find a place of hiding. That's in him now. That's not one we... You who are forgiven, shelter now in him. Mid the raging flood and rising waters stands the God of grace, ready now to save. So listen to this this version by forever be sure. have been forgiven, nothing more to hide, purged and purified. Blessed are they whose crushing guilt has lifted, standing justified, blameless in his eyes. Cast off the secret cover, now a 
May God your heart in Christ. Trust that He will receive you as a father. Sins are covered. Sins are covered. It's interesting as I uh, was thinking about this, um, it really came from a whole different place, which I want to share. I want to share three things that. Um, as, as I close, three things that uh, I would like for you to do. Um, and, the, and the first two come out of Psalm 92. It says, It's good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. So when you get up in the morning, You thank him for his loving kindness. And know what that word means. It's a covenant. He has chosen you. And you're his child. That's what loving kindness is. The the Bible, I think it's in Isaiah, it says that God delights in loyal love. Uh, and it's another way of saying loving kindness. He's loyal. Endures all things, believes all things, hopes all things. That's our God. That's our Father. Um, and through Christ, He's covered all that we're yet to do that day that doesn't please Him. <laughs> and so when you go to bed at night, um, you close that door by thanking Him for His faithfulness. And you wait a little bit and see if God convicts you of anything. Lord, anything? 
we need to deal with. Because if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. I've thought about this, and guess what? I forgot to do it yesterday. It's it's a habit that that you know needs to be developed. Thank him for his loving kindness in the morning and his faithfulness at night. And then this verse is one that um, Jesus spoke to Paul. I don't know how I got from this verse back there, but you know, really, every time that we confess, it's it's the power of the Holy Spirit that turns us from darkness to light. You know, if we say we're in the light but don't love our brothers, then we can't have fellowship. It's the same with God. You know, if we fool ourselves that we're perfectly in the light or that we've done nothing wrong, haven't had any bad thoughts, um, you know, this is not to beat us up every day Oh, I hate to get up today because you know what? I'm going to sin. That's that's not God's heart. It's who we are. Until we get that new nature, um, we were born with this nature, and 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 we have to battle this thing. And hopefully, the battles get further and further apart. You know, as we continue to walk and grow with Him. But. Um, I'm going to read this verse. I'm going to leave out some of it because I want it to pertain to you and I about how wonderful it is to be turned from darkness to light, that that we would become like like God and that there would be no shadow of turning. Wouldn't that be nice to be that pure? No shadow of turning. And that's where he's calling us to. Um, and this is so Jesus says this to Paul. Now get up and stand on your feet. I like that. All right, it's time for you to do something. Get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and what you will see. I am sending you to open the eyes and turn them from darkness to light. For what reason? So they may receive forgiveness of sins. And a place among those who are being sanctified by faith in me. Now we've all struggled with unforgiveness. We've all struggled with guilt and shame. What a motive to be able to get up and go share what we've seen and heard that they might receive forgiveness of sins and all the stuff that goes with it, guilt and shame, and a place in the inheritance of the saints. So, take that for a good cup of tea and uh, think about it. Father, we thank you that you're so patient, Lord, that you're long-suffering, and Father, that you're your love never fails. That you're the, the God who's chosen us. That you're the God with open arms to see us always restored to unhindered fellowship with you. 
that we might walk in the light as you are in the light. We bless you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.